Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And as I thought about this, I realized that God was instructing us as a church to seek the welfare of the city of Miami Beach by being slaves to the city of Miami Beach, serving Jesus by serving our city. There are countless people in the world that need the same hope that we have as Christians. Sometimes, however, we might overlook the ones that are no farther away than your own city. You must be willing to go out wherever you are and serve the people that need Jesus if you want to see his church grow. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of Matthew chapter 16 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. It's interesting to me, you know, my wife and I were teaching at a missionary training school north of Orlando and knowing that I was going to be tied up and really, you know, deeply involved in not just teaching the classes, but they refer to it as a live, learn environment. All the students and many of the staff live on the campus. It's a 184 acre training center and campus there and near Claremont. And so the meals are together and you're just really involved in uh, student life, you know, with the staff and that kind of thing. So I went ahead and started preparing this message early, but I want to back up and just do a quick little review of our church history because it kind of applies to the passage that we're looking at, you know, and in the fall of 1986, the Lord very specifically spoke to my heart about South Beach and South Beach, as we know it today, didn't exist in 1986. It was much more like a ghetto. I mean, the buildings were abandoned. A lot of the high-rises were unoccupied. There where the Lowe's Hotel is, the Royal Palm, that high-rise was vacant, boarded up, and was mostly a homeless camp. And South Beach, you know, the uh, people who actually lived in the community, the majority of them were elderly and, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s. And it was just a very different place. But God spoke to my heart real clearly about it. And I began to pray. And for the next four years, I mostly just walked the streets praying, you know, talking to people, trying to do some street evangelism and whatever, but not a whole lot was going on. And I waited for more clear instructions from the Lord until 1990 through a series of events. And again, some clear instruction to me from the Lord. I was introduced to a photographer who had just recently accepted the Lord. He was a fashion photographer, and the fashion industry was beginning to boom by 1990. And he wanted to start a a little um, Bible study group for people in the fashion industry, the models and so forth and so on. And so I began leading 
the Models for Christ group there in South Beach. So that went on for a couple of years. And then in November of 1993, with a group of about 12 young adults, Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach was born. You know, we're excited about the fact that this November, we're going to celebrate 25 years as a church, our 25th, yeah, anniversary. We're already starting to kind of plan for that. But right around the year 2000, we were meeting inside a bank building, the 420 Lincoln Road building there on the corner of Washington Avenue and Lincoln Road there. There's a Starbucks downstairs at the entrance these days, but back then really there wasn't a whole lot going on. And we were inside that building initially, we were on the second floor, then we moved to the third floor. And bottom line is we were completely hidden away. We had no visible presence in the community and it troubled me. So I began praying about this passage and the application of it, Matthew 5, 13 to 16. It's a passage that we're looking at where Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. And I love that phrasing. Notice he says, cannot, not will not or should not. He says it cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, back then, I was really bothered by the fact that I had been praying and reaching out and doing everything I knew to do, teaching God's Word in Miami Beach for more than a decade, yet we still seemed to be like a lamp that was hidden from everybody around us. And so I began to really pray about what Jesus wanted for us. You know, what kind of visible presence did he want us to have in the city of Miami Beach? And he directed me to a couple more passages, which gave me some clarity and kind of expanded on this. For some reason, I remember the New American Standard version of Jeremiah 29.7 coming to mind, where, you know, the people of Israel had been carried away into exile in Babylon, and apparently a lot of them really resented the Babylonians and resented the city and really didn't want to do anything that would bring any kind of assistance to their captors. And God spoke through the prophet Jeremiah. He said, seek the welfare of the city. And the word that he used there that's translated welfare is actually the word shalom. I mean, that's the idea, the peace of God. Seek the shalom of the city where I've sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its shalom, you shall have shalom. And it just resonated in my mind. In the welfare of this city, you'll have welfare. As this city prospers, you'll prosper. And that it was something that God was wanting us as a church to be part of the prosperity, the health and well-being of the city of Miami Beach. And then Matthew 20, 27, where Jesus said, Whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And as I thought about this, I realized that God was instructing us as a church to seek the welfare of the city of Miami Beach by being slaves to the city of Miami Beach, serving Jesus by serving our city. Now, backing up again to Matthew 5, 13, if we personalize this just a little bit, 
I think it's safe to say that Jesus would say to us that we are the salt of Miami Beach, that you and I who love him, you and I who have been born from above, in whom the Holy Spirit has taken up residence, you and I are the salt of this South Florida community. Now, these days, we think of salt mostly as a seasoning, you know, a flavor enhancer, and that's really about it, because these days we have refrigeration, and we have freezers, and unfortunately, we have in the United States of America an abundance of preservatives in our foods and that kind of thing, but they had salt. In Jesus' day, salt was seen primarily as a cleansing agent and as a preservative, and so I was thinking about the fact that, you know, Jesus was saying as much about our world as he was about us. He's telling us that our world needs a preservative, a cleansing agent. Our world tends toward pollution and rottenness and decay, and it becomes more and more foul and offensive. It's dying. Without the preservative presence of the church, society would quickly destroy itself. Now, the unbelieving world paints a picture of humanity becoming more and more enlightened. You know, we're growing better and better. And it's interesting to look at what science fiction tells us about our society. You know, if you look at the science fiction TV shows and movies over the last few decades, you know, I mean, think about what's out there and what they tell us, you know, whether it's Star Wars, Star Trek, the X-Men, or, you know, my most recent favorite, Lucy. What strikes me is that in almost all of the, like everyone that I mentioned, almost all of these science fiction movies, there's a common theme. And you know what that theme is? The evolution of humanity. And the thing that's fascinating is that in every case, it depicts us as getting smarter, stronger, you know, with all these different gifts and abilities and whatever, as humanity over the centuries evolves and changes. We become more powerful, we become better, but the reality of the 21st century and our experience is that that's just not what's happening. You know, even as we watch the monumental leaps that we're taking in technology and knowledge, we seem to have more sickness and more cancer, more pollution. Now I know, you know, if you look at it, you know, I saw a study recently that was comparing us to 1980 and it seems like we've made a little headway. You know, but if you go back and look at the last couple of hundred years, I promise you it's not a pretty picture. Thanks for tuning in today to Main Thing Radio. What you just heard may have set some questions off in your spirit about who Jesus is and why he's so important. If so, keep listening. Thanks, Chris. You know, if you're listening today and and you're thinking, man, I really need God in my life. You know, I've wandered away or or maybe maybe you're just searching. It's the first time you're really getting serious about having a relationship with God. And, you know, I remember when I felt that way. And and to be honest, I I felt really kind of exasperated and crummy and, and like it was probably impossible. Well, it's not impossible. The Bible says, that God loves you so much right where you are. He understands that we're messed up. The Bible tells us, I mean, he knows we're human. He knows that we're flawed. He knows 
that we're sinful, imperfect human beings. That's why the Bible says he sent Jesus in the first place to come and die on the cross to pay for our sin, to pay for our wickedness, so that all we have to do is open our hearts to him and receive the pardon, the forgiveness that he's offering. He wants a relationship with you. I'd love to give you more information about that. Listen, I'd love to pray with you about that, even if electronically. Just go to our website, mainthingradio.com. There's all kinds of info on the website about how to begin that relationship with Jesus, how to begin that that personal relationship with God, how to study the Bible. We can give you all kinds of information about that if you'll just reach out to us and let us know that you need it. Thanks, Pastor Robert. That website again is mainthingradio.com. We're so glad you joined us today and be sure to tune in again to Main Thing Radio.